Welcome to today's edition of the Blazing Gray Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janun. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Is it possible for Christians to be sexy? Well, let's find out. We're meeting today with Ted Roberts of puredesire.org. Welcome, Ted. Hey, great to be with you. Hey, thanks for coming on. Of course, we've got the usual characters. Uh, the Mike, uh, thanks for setting it up with Ted to bring him on the show. Yeah, and yeah. Rob, I'm sure we'll have the usual fare of, of uh, antics and, and hilarity. Well, yeah, antics, hilarity, but also powerful, powerful. Powerful, just, heartfelt insights. That's right. Okay. That's right. Amen. So we're going to focus on Ted's uh, Ted's story today. Ted, um, you know, we're, of course, all in the studio here recovering sex addicts. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our listeners are, are very familiar with our stories and uh, we always like to highlight folks who have mm. kind of been like a phoenix coming out of the ashes with their story. And so just want to invite you to share uh, where God's taken you from. Oh, well, thanks. Uh, I met Christ in a bunker in Vietnam after having to kill people at close range mm-hmm. uh, one day. And I was about half drunk uh, that night. And it was in the middle of a rocket attack, actually. And I was opening up a package for my wife. It was filled with the normal cookies, which had turned green and were moldy. Huh. Um, and then <clears throat> it was a love letter uh, communic- communicating her love for me and her love for her, her Lord. Um, I married her, and I wasn't a, a Christian at all. I was a committed pagan. Mm. I was so good looking, she couldn't help herself. So that's the way it went. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Boy. And okay. humble, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she sent me uh, also a little book, uh, Crossing the Switchblade. Yeah, and, uh, Nikki Cruz. So I, I was reading through there, and uh, 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 Nikki Cruz said to David Workerson, you know, if you bug me again, I'll cut you into a thousand pieces. And I just seen guys blown to a thousand pieces uh, that day. And uh, it just broke my heart. And uh, I remember kneeling down. I still remember the old concrete floor with the rockets coming in and, and saying, God, I've always believed in you, but whoever the bleep this Christ is, sign me up. And uh, that started the process. And I came back to the United States. Uh, I was uh, working my way towards Cess Pilot School, eventually trying to work into the astronaut program and the uh, space shuttle. But uh, a long story short, uh, I began to realize I was an alcoholic. I was a rageaholic. When you come back from Vietnam and you lost a lot of friends and they're spitting on you in the airport after you get off the plane. It makes you kind of crazy. Mm. And then I discovered I was a sex addict, totally, completely out of control. And they were giving me medals for mm. being a rageaholic and alcoholic. So wow. it started the process, and it was uh, it was a long process. God supernaturally healed me in a moment as I stepped out of my car <clears throat> to go to the Oak Club to get drunk again. And he said, you don't ever have to go back there again. Wow. And on the spot, he instantaneously healed me from alcoholism. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, um, the uh, flashbacks and rage that I have. I just saw the Kevin Costner's movie, The Guardian, which is pretty decent. Hmm. And I remember he's sitting there and he's going through flashbacks. And I found myself just tearing up going, God, thank you for uh, removing that. Uh, I, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, uh, I was uh, going crazy. And uh, after I had received the Holy Spirit, the God just told me to begin to pray in the Holy Spirit as you go to sleep each night. And the flashbacks within months were all gone. I've never had another one since. Wow. But the sexual bondage and addiction took three and a half years of knockdown, mm. drag out, struggle, fight, a miracle every day. And now, you know, uh, as I've been a pastor for almost 30 years, a senior pastor of East Hill Church, 
we've had uh, uh, Pure Desire Ministry, which I started about 10 years ago because there wasn't anybody in churches that I could see that was doing it. So we'd have, we've had about several, um, two or 3,000 people go through the program. Uh, we now have the state of uh, Oregon sending us people. They can't do it openly, but wow. they send us people because they, the success rate is so high. We've had pedophiles and rapists and fill in the blank. And the vast majority of guys are just average guys who love the Lord and are just struggling. And I speak at a large, a lot of uh, fairly large men's conferences. And what I've discovered is what you've discovered. 60 to 80% of men that I run into in the church are losing the battle. Mm. And, uh, the church is the only people on the planet that have the answer. So uh, as I pass a baton of the church that I'm now pastoring, I'm going to spend half my time. Well, I have two full-time jobs. Hmm. Uh, the other full-time job is I'll be a teaching pastor here, but then I'll, I'll take pure desire uh, and try to get this ministry involved in as many churches as I can. If I can, we've got about 250 churches that are connected with us now. If we get to about a thousand, we start changing the spiritual climate of our nation because we're right. never going to have revival. It's right. not going to take place. And I love church growth conferences and you know uh, evangelism conferences, but uh, we're not going to have. There's no possibility of revival in America until we have an atmosphere of repentance where guys right. can repent. And I just say I'm sorry I got mm-hmm. caught, but right. they can Brokenness. start living a healthy lifestyle in a redemptive community with other warriors. Amen. So that's what I'm going to pour my life into for a minimum of the next two decades. Ted, Ted, what did your sexual addiction look like? It looked like uh, being a Marine Corps fighter pilot, drinking my brains out. Uh, uh, would never do prostitutes, uh, but uh, uh, magazines and, uh, and uh, porno videos and stuff like that. You know, Ted, uh, my background is law enforcement. I did 15 years out in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. um, worked undercover and stuff like that. And and as a therapist now, you know, I always say thugs to hugs. But anyways, mm-hmm. uh, that people usually laugh, Ted. Oh, okay. okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, Crash I, and burn, baby. <laughs> yeah. I know. See, I told you I'd be going out there. But, uh, you know, what I find, even as a therapist helping a lot of men, I get a lot of ex-fighter jocks. I get a lot of military guys. Uh, our warriors of our culture are suffering with sex addiction as well. Yeah. And, well, they're going to be the primary ones that are going to be uh, struggling with that because the culture, I've counseled a lot of policemen. Yeah, absolutely. uh, The culture is such that you cannot wear your heart on your sleeve and you've got a lot of pain. I mean, if you're doing your job half decently, I mean, when I was in uh, flying uh, 20-year career, about 68% of the guys didn't make it. Right. Uh, they, you know, bought the farm. And so you're dealing with a lot of guys uh, dying around you, right. especially in combat. Mm-hmm. And you don't go through that without pain, so you medicate it. And sex is the way you're taught to medicate it. Yeah, and it's and it's legal. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not illegal. It's, you're, not a, you're not a fighter pilot if you're not doing it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all your we buddies are doing We used to have our it. squadron meetings in a brothel. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Well, now, when you talk about, you know, being healed supernaturally – and uh, are you, were you talking about the alcohol or alcohol? The, okay. Yeah. Now, for sexual addiction, uh, that's the deepest uh, bondage. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Bill W., a uh, guy who started Twelve Steps, right. he died still struggling with sexual addiction in his sure. life. Sure. Um, with sexual addiction, it has to be miraculous with a renewing of the mind. Mm-hmm. I have all kinds of guys come up, and you know, because we're a charismatic Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. and they'll go like, "Well, pray for me, so this demon of lust will mm-hmm. leave me," and I'll go, "I ain't going to do it." 
I'll pray that this demonic force will back off, but right. you have to renew your mind. You got to get in a friends only group and reprogram your brain, big boy. Right, right. Or you're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, because the scripture says, I think it's First Thessalonians five twenty three, be sanctified, yeah. body, mm-hmm. mind, and mm-hmm. spirit. Right. Absolutely. So as God's doing that work, can He redemptively just wow? You know, press that button, and all of a sudden we're healed. Well, yeah, He can. Mm-hmm. But it seems like he chooses not to. I mean, right. uh, I think there's some glory in that when we walk out a, reco- a recovery path with, with the Lord. What do you think, Ted? Well, the reason he chooses not to is he won't. He won't violate you. Hmm. Right. And He's you a have to reprogram your mind. He's not going to have a Holy Ghost uh, uh, shock therapy where your brain gets fried and rearranged. You have to reprogram that thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's through God's word. I mean, it, to me, yes. it cracks me up that two thousand years ago somebody was writing about renewing your mind, and we know it's true now scientifically. Yeah, right. and the deep, and we're talking deep issues because when you start dealing with the limbic system, right? Like we we work with a lot of. Uh, really intense uh, addictive process. And we've discovered that the limbic system had a subconscious. Yeah, the, the sexual healing is conscious. That's what Pure Desire and the Pure Desire Workbook and all the stuff. And it's a family systems issue. So you've got to deal with the wife as well. Mm-hmm. And then it's subconscious. You've got to deal with the limbic system, which triggers the relapse, all, all the process going on. And it's deeply a spiritual process because when a man and a woman become one in Christ, they display the image of God, and the forces of hell hate that. Absolutely. So deliverance has always taken place. Well, no wonder so we what? can't just pray about it then, huh? <laughs> no, it, it, no, you, you can't do the, you know, my, in my background, you can't do the shundai and it's all taken care of. Right, right, right. <laughs> Could have bought a Honda, but I bought yeah, a right, Mazda. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So what do, you, what do you do, Ted, when a, a couple comes to you and their marriage is blown apart and the wife wants to strangle the husband and the husband is saying, what do I do? Oh, this is, uh, I just go, okay, take a number, that's number 4,332, not that I, it's, it, I don't care about them. Right. That's a standard approach. Right. And that's why you have to have a for women's only ministry that parallels a for men's only ministry in the church, because the guy has just uh, finally told her the truth, and what she thought was a healthy marriage, she's discovered is a joke. Right, and mm. so she's just trash. She wants to kill him, and then we have an awful lot of unchurched people. We live in one of the most unchurched areas in the United States. So when he tells her the truth, she goes out to get a butcher knife, and I'm going to fix him, and uh, or a shotgun. So she needs a lot of help and and support and understanding. It's not her fault. He guy's been doing this since he was a teenager. Uh, it's a deep issue in his life, and here's what we help the women to understand. Here's Here's what you need to look for. You don't have to be a sheriff. We'll give a structure to you, and we'll tell you how to walk through this without going crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the guys, we get involved in a for men's only group, and we tell them it's two to five years, a miracle every day. Mm-hmm. And it's not just to stop your behavior so that you can become a sexy Christian. You can finally experience the passionate, outrageous fulfillment that God designed for your sexuality to be an expression of. And uh, we have a we've developed for men's only ministry that just takes the guys right through the whole steps. So, what's your recovery looking like these days? I mean, obviously, you're experiencing a lot of victory. God's given you a ministry and a place. I'm I'm sure the enemy would love nothing more than to take a guy like you down, Ted. Yeah, um, I I don't believe uh, I don't believe I'm an alcoholic anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't believe I'm a sex addict anymore. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I believe Jesus Christ died for more than me to stand up and say, hi, I'm Ted, I'm an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. But the other side of it is I don't want to get into this ridiculous Christian denial (laughs) where I just made a prayer and it all went away. Right. So my recovery now is to become fully who Ted is called to be, to step into large situations of ministry speaking before high-pressured situations and having an integrity that is on the road have accountability structures that hold me ruthlessly accountable Mm. and help me to start growing spiritually. I'm not trying to just stop my behavior now. I'm trying to become the man that Christ had in mind when he created the original Ted. The things that if you had been doing them in the first place, that you probably wouldn't have got yourself into the kind of trouble that that we have, Uh, that redemptive vision you're talking about. Yeah. But for most of us, you know, as most of you guys understand, uh, you're in counseling, that the thing that's going on uh, that triggers guys is this deep family dysfunctionality that's that's just programming you to self-destruct right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So if I'd grown up in a healthy, redemptive, sweet Christian home with seven stepfathers and alcoholic mother, that's not exactly going to happen. Right. I, I, I might have had a chance to not fall into this, but uh, even in even in our society today, you can have that kind of background, and the Internet is now a predator looking for young men. Right. Uh, the and drive engines are looking for guys. Well, USA Today, uh, 2,024% of teenagers were – uh, approached on the internet for pornography unsolicited. Now it's up to 35. percent Wow! So the the, uh, the the internet is driving the addictive. It's turbo driving. Mm-hmm. Right. DMS4 now uh, they have an exception on sexual addiction. It used to take two years of addictive behavior before mm-hmm. it's classified an addiction. They've discovered uh, Carnes has discovered that a guy getting on the internet who starts out clean in two months can become a full-blown addict. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the crack cocaine. It's, yeah. a, it's, it's just turbo yeah. crack. Right. Yeah. You know, Ted, uh, one thing I remember hearing Josh McDowell and, and some stuff that Billy Graham did when they traveled, they were really intentional about maintaining purity. They were real intentional about not having something just show up in front of them. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering, would you share maybe some of the ways you stay extremely accountable or ruthlessly accountable, as you said? Uh, ruthlessly accountable, uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, I ask if they can remove the TV from my room in the hotel room. Hmm. If, and normally what I get is guys falling down laughing. Uh, they they can't believe that someone would be so weird. So what I have to do is if I, I try to travel with someone else, if I possibly can, two guys traveling together. Mm-hmm. If I can't do that, sometimes it's not possible. When I come in, I take the bed sheet, uh, the cover, mm-hmm. off the bed, and I throw it over the TV. Wow. Because that tells me if I pull that cover off, I am planning to get into trouble, even though I may be telling myself I want to watch CNN. Right. And then on my on my computer, I have a uh, several accountability partners that track everything I watch on on the computer continuously. That's great. And then I make sure that I call my wife every night that I'm away from home. That's great. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. And then TV at home, what is what does that look like? If what? I'm not sitting with my wife, I'm not watching it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Good boundaries. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's either that. This is, this is war. Uh, I'm at yeah. the place in my life now where I didn't come this far to go gunny bag. Right. Well, you know, and, and, it's, and it's interesting that you say that because I remember as a cop just, you know, feeling like I was in real war. And I'll tell you, the war that we are living now, to me, is more real spiritually, emotionally, and physically than the war I was fighting on the streets. Uh, is that the same for you even in Nam? I mean— yeah, it's much more because in Nam you just die. Here it's eternal. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's when I, you know, travel around the country and some guy comes up to me and, you know, I just lost count of them and they're hugging me and say, you know, pure desire of the book, save my life, save my family, save my soul. Yeah. I mean, the enemy, the enemy doesn't care about us. He, we're just, we're just trash to him, but he knows this, God's got a soft spot for us. So if he can tear us out, it wounds the heart of God. So he's absolutely ruthless. Right. Mm -hmm. Good point. He's ruthless. And it's a good battle to fight. I mean, I I love it now. I I just love it. And, and, you know, there's no coffee and donuts that will take me back to law enforcement. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do you take a guy who's living in shame and then lead him to the abundant life in Jesus Christ? Well, that's you said the critical word. I mean, the issue is shame. Uh, That's what drives all addictive behaviors at its core is learning how to medicate pain. And the deepest pain is there's something wrong with me, not that I just did something wrong. Right. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a prejudice here, okay? Let me tell you my prejudice up front. I believe the church is the only group of people on the planet that has the answer. Amen. I agree. Um, now, the problem is the church doesn't have a clue that there's <laughs> right. a problem. Amen. I mean, I've been hung up to dry yeah. by so many pastors' oh, groups. You I, and, I can't even, I, I mean, I'm amazed that you have 250 pastors that are willing to participate. Right. You know. Yeah, well, we've been doing Pure Desire seminars for about five, six years. Wow. And so that's where you get them. Uh, we just filmed it, so now it's going to be on DVD, so... We don't have to, and the church doesn't have to invest $30,000 a pop every time we travel. Right. Um, the question originally was, how do you get a guy that's broken and he's filled with shame and bring him to a uh, healthy uh, expression of his God-given sexuality? Mm-hmm. You can only do that in the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can counsel. That's great. We know some severe guys. We refer them out for counseling. But the real healing takes place in that small group of other men that he's accountable to, and he realizes he's not the only one struggling with the problem. Right. And then under anointed, under anointed preaching and worship, he begins to see who he is in Christ. Once a guy catches a glimpse of who he is in Christ, if he ever sees it, then uh, here's the passage I love. Most, most, you can only pick it up in the original. Most it's James chapter four verse five. James is my kind of guy. I mean, he's right down to the bottom line, mm. and he says, "Don't think the scripture is not without truth." It says, "The spirit that God placed in you is filled with fierce desires," mm-hmm. and he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And the word that he uses, epipotheo, which is should normally be translated addictive, destructive behavior. So he's literally saying, James can only say, he says, the Holy Spirit's addicted to you. He can't get enough of you. Hmm. And see, we're designed to be addicted. The problem is we get addicted to the wrong things. Yeah, you're right. right. And so once we understand, if I can get a guy to ever get a glimpse of the warrior that he is in Christ and how passionate the Holy Spirit is about him, then he's going to really hurt hell. Yeah, he's dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Great. Well, let's... uh, so how can we become sexy Christians? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, that's probably, uh, you saw, uh, uh, Diane and I, my wife and I do a seminar called Sexy Christians, and we're doing a kind of a, a, a up, upgrading of it at our church on Wednesday night. The local uh, news reporter picked it up, and she came out, and she says, you're doing one on Sexy Christian, which is a seminar of 10 or 12 people. Mm-hmm. I said, no, there'll be about 1,000 people here midweek service. Mm-hmm. And she says, well... Uh, what are you going to? What are you going to talk? About? How specific are you going to get? And I said, Well, we'll have the male sexual response cycle and the female sexual response cycle. And her eyes brighten, and she says, "You're going to have pornography in the church." <laughs> and I said, No, we're going to talk about reality. 
Absolutely. And she says, what are you going to say? And I said, well, stick around. She stuck around for the whole service. They filmed the whole service. And they had it on the news, the evening news twice, and then the morning news twice. And then it got picked up by CNN. They did a, a minute and a half clip of it, and it went around the world. I had people calling me from Australia and say, do you realize you're on, on, on TV? Uh, being a sexy Christian is being a spirit-filled powerful, in love with his wife kind of guy who's a warrior. That's yeah. a sexy Christian. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, yeah. he, God created it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, yeah. I think, you know, I've, been heard it, I've heard it said that Christians should be having the best sex on the planet. Yeah. Well, every time they do uh, a Red Book magazine, women's magazine, yeah. through the 80s and 90s, they kept doing surveys. They stopped doing it. And they always, once a year, would have a survey of, you know, who are the most fulfilled, sexually fulfilled women in America? Every time it came out to one group of people, women who are involved in long-term married relationships Mm -hmm. and who have a strong faith. Ooh, don't let that get out. No, you know, I I remember doing my master's thesis, and I uncovered just in some of my textbooks, 40 years they're saying that people who've had these long-term relationships feel Mm -hmm. this depth of intimacy that cannot be met by, you know, just the, yeah. Well, the brain, you know, if you want to talk about the brain chemistry, we've discovered more about the brain in the last 10 years than we've known in in the last 200 years. Uh, When you fall in love, when you have the romance, there's there's a surge of oxytocin and and, and, and testosterone. And that fades away within about 12 months, and it has to be replaced with a bonding chemical activity in your brain. And once you get a couple that has that solid bonding going on, then every now and then they become creatively, refreshingly uh, sexual with one another again. Mm-hmm. Then you develop this 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 deep, deep bonding that is absolutely a gift from God. I'm getting excited. I got to call my wife. Yeah, call your wife. <laughs> call your wife. <laughs> well, listen, if you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Pastor Ted Roberts, author of Pure Desire and uh, leader of puredesire.org. Uh, we're going to be visiting with Ted next week as well when we talk about his book. So be sure and tune us in. Ted, uh, thanks for thanks for being with us, brother. Hey, it was a, it was a kick with you guys. <laughs> appreciate your heart. Appreciate your story. And for you listeners out there who are interested in helping us save Los Angeles. Save L.A. <laughs> we want to stay on the air in Los Angeles. I love being on the air in Los Angeles. And, you know, Rob, it takes us about... Sixteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month. Absolutely, and uh, we need to see some support by the end of the month, uh, by the end of October, to do that. We've got about three weeks to go. Right. So, I mean, what's what's up? What's going? What's going on? Well, we just need to see that the LA people uh, reach out and say, "Blazing Grace, we love you. We love the message of hope. We love the freedom in Christ and uh, the freedom from sexual addiction." And, you know, we'd just love to hear from you guys. You know, there's a couple ways that we can hear from you. Email, phone calls, mm-hmm. and also your your heavy don- donations. But really, for us to keep the airways going and letting people know about the fact that there is freedom and that there's hope. And there's a lot of hurting people out in the L.A. area. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the biggest radio markets in the nation. Right. And so we are intentionally wanting to get out there and reach those people who are hurting. So if you have a heart for the broken, Isaiah 61. Uh, you know, please consider supporting us. Please pray for us. Yeah. And we're not asking you to do anything that we're not willing to do ourselves. You know, we pay for this out of pocket, you know, our own pockets. And we'd like to just have you partner with us to do that. Absolutely. So we can reach a lot more people and expand to other markets. Absolutely. But tune in next week when we'll have more Ted Roberts and his book, Pure Desire. 
Thanks for tuning in and God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace. P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 8096-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 8096-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www blazinggrace.org. That's triple W B L A Z I N G G R A C E dot O R G forward slash radio dot H T M. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877 877- 7685 Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you. <laughs>